We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome to Whining, whining with, with nurses. nurses. I'm Sarah. I'm Desi. And we are a two female woman act. That's today. right. Here's well, me. actually, no, we're not because we're going to have she. a guest on. Um, but yeah, <laughs> how's it going? Pretty good. It's your birthday soon. My birthday's coming up. It's coming up soon. How do you do your? Are, have you always done like big birthdays? I pretty much for the past. I don't know, maybe even 10 years have done the same thing, which is go rafting for my birthday. You do and that all the time, though. I That's do, but it's the, my favorite thing, so it's still fun. I'm just and kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, one of my best friends, Jenny, comes up from San Diego every year and goes rafting with me. She's on her way here tonight. She should probably be here any minute now. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, we go rafting, we camp, and shenanigans. One year she broke her ankle. That was pretty exciting. I Ooh. hope that doesn't ever happen again. Um, so... Yeah. Knocking on wood. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan, sometimes he'll organize like a bunch of friends getting together to go out to dinner. He's really, Ryan's really good at gift giving and like thoughtfulness and Ew. party planning. No, Puts it's so much pressure on you. It is. It's intimidating. <laughs> I suck at it. Yeah. I suck at it and yeah. I feel so bad. I'm, anyway. I'm the opposite. Are you a really good I'm gift giver? So good. Really? No, I'm help me. I here's the this is gonna sound really like stupid, but I will get a gift for Christmas for somebody and I'm so excited. I cannot wait till Christmas and I tell them what I got them. <laughs> <laughs> I almost made it last year with my mom, and then on like the 23rd, I was like, let me just tell you what I got you, please. And she was what like, was it? I don't even remember. Oh, you know what it was? It was a pearl ring that was like very much similar to the one she's had since she was like in her 20s. Ah, uh, and you didn't wait for her I to couldn't open it. Wait, I was so excited. <laughs> I'm Silly. always like four times as excited for a gift than the person <laughs> I'm giving it to. So anyways. To How have you been? Oh, um, I've been good. I've been really good. Um, let's see. I'm going to be going to Greece here pretty darn you soon. Are? Yeah, my mom and I are going to do a girl's trip. You are the most travelingest person I know. You and my friend Helen, she travels all the time. You guys are just like the most travelingest okay. people I know. What is the word you're using? Traveling Travelingest. Is that a word in the you dictionary. Yeah. Really? If you conjugate it to the action, it's currently happening. And then the mostest, traveling-est. Wow. <laughs> That's You're English language, you all. <laughs> English, English, English language. Language. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be going um, for like two weeks to Greece. We're going to go to a couple different islands and hit Athens and just have a nice relaxing time. It's the first time my mom and I have traveled together in like eight years. So. Well, that sounds horrible. I don't know why you would plan that. I know. It's going to be <laughs> brutal. Um, so, yeah, that's what's up. So, what wine did you bring today? Um, so, I said earlier, I just was late, and I ran down the wine aisle, grabbed this, ran up the aisle. It turned into a cheese aisle, grabbed cheese, and here I am. So <laughs> Delicious this, cheese. I liked it. It's called Spellbound. It has a beautiful label with the moon cycle on it, which I'm a big believer in the evilness of a full moon at work. Oh, oh yes. yes. We're going to do Why an episode on the thing? jinx and superstition sometimes. It's really a thing. Okay, good. Um, it is a Petite Syrah, a 2016, and it should be good. <laughs> I love petite Syrahs. Ditto. I, I also, just... the moon cycle super cool. You know, my nephew, Ben, I talk about him a lot. And um, he knows all about the moon cycles. And he will ask strangers when, you know, he approaches them in stores or wherever. Do you know what moon phase it is? And he knows. It's a waning abyss. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't even know the right words. But he knows them. Also, oh my God, can I tell you another funny thing he said today? Uh, this has nothing to do with nursing, but it's adorable. So How old is this person? he's three. No, yeah, he's three. He's going to be four in September. He, he really is. He's also obsessed with, uh, Desi doesn't have her mic right now because I'm holding it so she can pour us all wine. Um, anyway, he just had his first day at 
like a preschool that he had to ride the bus to. And uh, my sister said he came home wearing shorts he didn't go to school in. Apparently, he had a minor pee dribble accident. And when she asked him what happened, he said, quote, well, my urine thought I was already at the bathroom, but I wasn't. (laughs) So cute. <laughs> He's going to be great. He's just what like a, too much. I love so him. That's so cute. That's really sweet. Ah, I do have a wine of the month. Uh, last, this week, I've like started to go back to work more full time. Not quite full time, but like two 12-hour shifts a week. And um, my first shift this week uh, was very busy. And I had a woman with like a GI bleed and she kept having lots of poops and stuff. It was really busy. But the second day I worked, I freaking got worked. I got my butt kicked. Anyway, I'm just whining about a really hard day. At the end of the day, I felt exhausted. Like, how did I even do all that? That's it. It's just a general complaint. We all feel like that often. When you have, you know, you'll have bad days, but then when you have a really bad day, it's different. And it wasn't even bad. It didn't feel bad. It just felt exhausting. Like I could not have done another thing. Hmm. Deep sigh of relief that you're about to celebrate your birthday, camping, and rafting. That's right. Silver lining. That's right. Wine drinking. All right, now. All right, now. We'll move on. We have a special guest. She's on the line. What? what? The wine's kind of funky, right, Takeshi? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Takeshi, it's a real thing. I asked another. It is a real thing. (laughs) Why would I lie to you? We are all very suspicious. Wait, wait, here. We had an episode on this other podcast I was talking about, and I talked to him about it with a wine maker, <gasps> what liquid tannins were. I'm sorry. Yeah, this wine's a little funky, guys. Yeah. But sometimes I'm just like, is that really a thing? It sounds legit, but I'm not quite sure because I've never heard no, it before. It totally, it's probably like a, a cheap way to like cut costs. It's totally a thing. I asked this guy about it who was on my raft, and he was um, involved in winemaking. And he's like, yeah, if you have a really bad crop, or sometimes people do it just because for other reasons. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. A caramel flavor is what yes. you're saying. Indicates fake tannins. I don't think it makes it bad Have you had? Try this right now. Yeah, I just tasted it. I think it's pretty good, actually. Well, it's all yours, I mean, milady. <laughs> I don't like it. It definitely doesn't taste like a petite Syrah. No. Or any specific varietal that I'm aware of. <laughs> tastes like something I could make in my garage. Maybe. But it's not horrible. Like, it's not bad. It's just not a wine. It's not a natural wine taste. It's just some other type of, like, alcoholy drink taste. Yeah. And, like sangria or something. Almost, yeah. <gasps> I hear people arriving. It's not as bad as that carbonated red wine that I had well, that, that tasted like battery acid. Shtick. Okay, so we've got a special guest, uh, Elaine. She's a wellness coach, uh, which I'm not even quite sure what that is, so we're going to learn all about it. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm a wellness and health coach and a guided imagery practitioner. Um, Wow. I just finished my master's in integrative health studies. So Whoa. I have all this knowledge about health and wellness. So I'm excited to be on your podcast. That with, is um, so cool. Wonderful healers. <laughs> Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, tell us, first of all, what what is your job? What do you do? That's kind of a lot of things that you just said. So t- break it down for us. <laughs> It is. So um, I, So what I studied was integrative health studies, which is a big general kind of sounding thing. And the focus was really in behavior change. Um, and so really focused on coaching and helping people reach health goals that they have. Okay. And we use the term wellness because health isn't just eating and exercise, but it also can be um, stress management, time management, um, that elusive work-life balance mm. and finances, career. So wellness kind of encompasses that people, so you know, you, you're whole and complex. <laughs> so you've got like all the answers to every question a person could ask in life, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Coaches, no, the best thing about coaches is we ask questions. Oh, you're <laughs> one of those. Answers. Just yes. like my therapist. Because you, uh, you have the answers. <laughs> 
So are you saying that you're, did you get a degree in integrative health or what? Mm-hmm. I have a master's degree from the California Institute of Integral Studies in San Francisco. And was that what your bachelor's was in as well? No, my bachelor's was quite a while ago and it was in like uh, writing and English and history type stuff. Okay. So, I'm just trying to yeah. get a feel. So you don't necessarily have to come from a healthcare background, but it be, kind of no. becomes one. Exactly. Because because it's because um, you can have a life coach or a business coach, and because we're working with people on health goals, they want us to have a solid foundation and understanding of health and well-being. So we're not, you know, recommending crazy diets or um, we can flag people if they're, you know, if they come in and they're like, oh, my blood pressure is this crazy number. We can say, oh, you're going to have to go to the doctor about that, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they want us to have some knowledge um, so we can work with medical um, practitioners as well. So what is the format you work in? Like, do you work uh, with a, a couple of different wellness coaches? Do you have your own business of wellness coach? How, what's the setup? I am just starting my own business called Wellness as Art, and I do one-on-one coaching. So I coach just individual people, and it can be over the phone or, you know, Zoom or Skype. So, okay. yeah, just one-on-one. Yeah. So you work from um, home? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. We're both like, oh, so envious. The dream. <laughs> what drew you to this field? I mean, if you had a, you went in, you had a background in English and history and that type of thing. What um, was it that drew you into this um, <clears throat> type of work? I um, I think I'll, what really drew me was I've a couple of things. Like one, I my mom is really into different health and wellness things. Like I. And my grandfather was like a health nut, like <laughs> like drinking a lot of carrot juice and turning orange. <laughs> and so I have like one part of my family's very like, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area and they grew up in the Bay Area. So it's like a lot of like crazy, healthy stuff. You know, I was introduced to at a young age, um, yes, even if we weren't always healthy. We're front of all the weird granola, healthy hippie stuff around here. Exactly. And then... <laughs> um, a healthy dose of like suspicion of doctors from like my working class dad side. <laughs> so, um, you know, you solve problems yourself, you tape up a wound, whatever. Um, and so when I started having health issues, I just, you know, try, I just love trying different things like acupuncture or breath work or um, anything. And then I was working in an office for, you know, doing administrative work and then realizing I want to help people in a different way. And I love, um, you know, figuring out, I don't love it necessarily, but, you know, like changing diets, figuring it out what, what makes, um, what can make you healthy is really interesting. So then I found this school program and I was like, yes, I can put my weird obsession of health into something useful. <laughs> so Yeah, that's, that's really kind of cool. like the pinnacle of, of what we all like people in healthcare hope for people to achieve because you know we're kind of in a pyramid setup you're kind of like the top mm-hmm. of it and we're in the hierarchy of needs yeah it's we're, like, and we're the bottom dealing with you like know, just getting your basic needs met yeah. are you safe are you <laughs> yeah, fed are but you sheltered I think we all like wish that we could put more energy into teaching people what you're teaching people. And I wish that was a, a, a higher focus in the general healthcare scene, you know, because yeah. uh, a lot of health is lifestyle and preventative. You know, we deal with uh, kind of the end result of those, like not focusing on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking as nurses, you're really dealing with, Oh, you didn't, ex-, you know, like you, they're just in pain or they're already really sick or dealing with an illness. And so, um, yeah, it's nice to build in our healthcare plan, like coaches and people that try to eliminate, you know, help keep illnesses down, but also working with people who you see that it's like, oh, a lot of the, the prescription is you need to start exercising and people don't know how to start or change their behaviors. And oh, as a doctor or that. a nurse, yeah. how are you supposed to also teach them that, you know, <laughs> so it's like... Um, being able to jump in and and try to help them there. Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, it just goes to the point that it takes a whole village. Like there are the, you know, people who 
are out in the field, the EMTs and stuff that take over like the immediate problems. And then some of us who are kind of nursing people back to overall health and then someone like you, who's helping people to reach total wellness, you know, like become their best self. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a really great way to put that. Like, and, and it is, it's, and that's the thing I love about that. It's like integrative health, like learning that it's like, concept people don't really know, but it's like, it's working together. It's not about, oh, you don't need this type of medicine. You only need, you know, green smoothies. It's like, it doesn't work that way. It's like, it only puts it, it it puts it almost in a, um, either or category where it's really like the best results are going to come from both. Yeah. Taking the best of every type of, of, uh, background. Yeah. It's like, uh, when I was in high school and I thought that you could fix everything with yoga, it turns out you can't (laughs) fix everything with yoga, but it does have its place in healthcare. (laughs) Yeah. We don't want to throw anything away and we don't want to, yeah. Like we don't want it to just say like, and that's one thing that I'm really trying to focus on with my coaching is to really tell, you know, the message is we're all unique. We have our own fun path we're going to take and it looks different. You can't all be on Atkins and then you all can't give up eggs. And then, you know, you can't just do whatever everyone else is doing. You have to listen to like your own body and yourself and see what type of practitioner yeah, do you want? Do you want to work with an acupuncturist? Yeah. Or you don't have to like <laughs> whatever medicine makes sense for you. Um, and so it's really taking that. Um, and I'm sure you deal with this a lot, like getting, trying to get people motivated to take responsibility for their health. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that I've never heard it put like that, but that struck a chord for sure. Yep. We're I both feel like, like mm-hmm. I'm taking responsibility for their health. <laughs> yeah. It matters you what choices you make. <laughs> so much about your patients, but it's like how many of them, you know, you're like, are you caring as much as I'm caring? <laughs> like, oh sure Yeah. Yeah, that is a real question. Absolutely. And it's, have you, um, what's kind of your, um, say you get a new client or patient or whatever terminology you use, what's kind of the introduction you use to the process for, for your style of coaching? Like what's, uh, does it depend on the, fir- on the person for the first thing you work on? Or do you got, do you kind of have your own personal style to introduce them to the, to the road ahead? Um, the coaching I learned is really, um, really, what's a, how do I, I don't explain it. I'm trying to think of the word. It's like, um, very open cause it's, it's driven by the clients. I'm very client centered. So, yeah. um, but also I, there's different types of coaches out there and I've, before I became a coach, I, you know, shopped around a little bit to see what it was all about. And I met somebody who was an MD, but no longer really practicing and doing coaching and he was like, if you're not ready to change right now, then I don't want to work with you. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to be that kind of coach. Um, so I work with people and I really um, believe in the stages of change. So you could be thinking about change and I will work with you on like, let's think about it. Let's contemplate what's, you know, great about quitting smoking. What's not great about it right now? You know, um, how do we get you to that next level of preparing to quit smoking or whatever it is? Um, you can be in different phases. So I try, I'm a little bit more gentle than the people are like, you gotta be ready to take action right now. It's like, (laughs) sometimes we have to prepare. Sometimes what we think we should be doing isn't, I had a client who was, um, you know, wanting to look at nutrition and weight management. Uh, But when we started talking, it turns out what they really need to work on was, um, their stress management with work, their work, because they worked with clients, um, um, and they were um, therapists, and that's the weight of their client's energy on them that they needed oh, to deal with. Yeah, you know that was the heaviness in her life, not True. not, not her the food. food. The food was the symptom. Yeah, so it's yeah. So I try to be open to like the how it may unfold. So I try to hold that space for clients. Do you ever feel um, like you're fighting like cynicism and jadedness, or do you feel pretty um, positive and empowered by your work? I go back and forth because my school was so, the school I went to is very open and I mean, the whole school is all about integrative and East-West philosophy. And I coached a lot of students there. Um, and then I'll go to like, yeah, then you meet, you know, 
I don't know, I don't want to say regular people, but people not from that school or that, or the Bay Area, and it's like, ouch, like, it's hard to get in there, like, how do you, that's a big challenge, like, how do I, I try to, like, um, monitor my language, so I don't use weird, spiritually, you don't want to sound Bay too Area language. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> and simplify it, because I've like had a weird Californian. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I had a southern, per, like I had a client who's southern, and it's like you can't. You yeah, know, you gotta, you gotta speak their language. Yeah, and the open eyebrows. I had to be open because it's like some people they want their, you know, um, just standard care. Like they're okay with that. Like they don't want. 50 other people to work with or try some weird herbal tincture, you know, like that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to give up soda right away. You know, (laughs) I'd be okay with that. Oh, tell me about it. My mom, I'm from Virginia, which is pretty much Southern. And my mom will not give up her Dr. Pepper. Does she call it pop? Yeah, we call it pop. Oh, so cute. Uh, It's terrible. And she's a nurse, and we all know. Anyway. We all know soda. We all know it's really good for you. All right? Good job, Mom. Keep doing it. myself a good Diet Coke every (laughs) once in a while. It's hard. It's hard when you've established habits, and it's like she wants to not want it, but she still wants it. But Mm -hmm. anyway, I wonder, like, what's a typical day like for you? Do you get up? Are you on the phone all day? Or, like, what? yeah, what does it look like? My day, mm-hmm. um, it's, I'm still forming, so I don't have like a full time, like all the time on the computer yet. So I'm really working on, um, building up some programs right now mm-hmm. and then, you know, marketing and, and then it's a lot of zoom meetings, but, um, yeah, I'm really working on programming for winter that's my goal right now to get a really good winter program together if you have a client do you have like a scheduled phone time with them or like you know might you have like a day where you have phone meetings all day or you know like what exactly does your work well I'm definitely not like a nurse where I would have how many clients do you guys have in a day and a long shift (laughs) that would be hard um (laughs) So it would be more like a couple clients in a day, you know, like split up. But, um, yeah, and just trying to do more because just trying to really focus my population of people and target, like, and make these really interesting programs because I really want to focus on stress management and also Mm self-care. I feel like it needs to be um, maybe even readdressed because it sounds like such a buzzword you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I find that people like nurses, people who help others, it sometimes feels like, oh God, one more thing to do, you know? Take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not always easy, you know, it sounds like, it just sounds like a lot of effort. Like, so I'm trying to, I'm creating a winter program, um, kind of like a self-care boot camp where we get, you know, we can, um, coach through like, how do we take care of ourselves in a season, that you're supposed to be withdrawing, but there's no way in this society we can withdraw. Like it's, you have to work. Oh, that's mm-hmm. an interesting idea. Family. That is. Holidays. <laughs> so, um, so how do we renew in these little spots, like little gaps that we can find in our day and make it really easy. Not, Oh, now you have to go. And even like you mentioned yoga, like you, someone does yoga. Mm-hmm. So that might be easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to a yoga class. But many of us, it's like, oh, I don't want to have to go anywhere else today. You know, like I just want to get home. Yeah, sometimes so. it's too exhausting to even think about doing anything mm-hmm. after work. Yeah. So it's like how do you weave in little items to reset your nervous system through the day so you're not so fried and that you feel taken care of? How do you end up getting clients? Like how is it through health insurance? Do doctors refer patients to you or how does that happen? Well, you know, I don't think health insurance, like like a lot of health, like I think Kaiser um, have health coaches. So I think it could work for something like that or with a health insurance, but I don't know if they would. um, Cover it. Yes. On like an independent way. So like that, so it's out of pocket and it's a lot of, um, you know, right now it's like 
friends of friends referrals word of mouth type thing, of thing word of mouth yeah and then building up my instagram account and blog and things like that cuz i have so much wellness information mm-hmm. and i realize not everybody likes to spend time looking at it and then so i'm like oh how can i share this stuff in bite sizes for people and that i figured would help build up of you know some clients that way yeah some buzz I have so many resources, so I want to share them. So do clients Um, normally come to you with a specific problem, like I'm a smoker and I want to quit smoking, or like I'm overweight and I want to lose weight, or, mm -hmm. you know, a specific thing? Or do people come to you and they just are, you know, kind of general, like I want to have overall wellness and you point them, you know, how does that go? It's been mostly um, vague have an issue they want to work on or multiple issues they want to work on. And then we work from there to see what's, you know, like what's the that biggest priority. Cause once you work on one area, I feel like it, it tugs on the other areas like a web. So mm-hmm. when you work on nutrition, it's going to touch exercise. It's going to come in there somehow or, um, even self care. Cause you're, t- you know, like you're cooking good food for yourself. So you start touching these other areas that, you might not have. I worked with a lot of um, students in higher education, like getting their PhDs and things like that. So I dealt with a lot of time management and work-life balance. That was like the oh, big really? topics. <laughs> That's interesting. But, yeah. Because that is part of overall wellness, but it's not something you would, I mean, it's not completely something you would think of as like a health thing. Yeah. Like time mm-hmm. management and work-life balance, but it totally is. Yeah, because it's like, how do we have time to do the things we're supposed to do around the things we have, you know, have to do, like work or taking care of babies or people? <laughs> and then how, you know, and then how do you fit in? And especially with them, it was like, how do you fit in school and assignments and not totally lose yourself or your mind? Yeah, that's, you know, we just did an episode on work life balance. Um, it was, which is a myth. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It was the second episode we recorded. So I'm like trying to remember what we discussed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean, it's, it's something, especially in the healthcare community that, um, where we're taking care of people and it's a lot of like the, the giving perspective. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to find ways to cope with that in order to, take care of yourself. Like you were saying, like, um, that's something I think, especially in our culture, um, we, that comes secondary a lot of the time we're a real, really work motivated culture. And so, uh, it, it's kind of seen as a luxury or, um, some sort of frou-frou, you know, Mm -hmm. like looked down upon or like Like looked at suspicion, suspicion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I mean, it's something that, uh, is it's so necessary and it's funny that a lot of the time it seems to be going back to basics that really helps take care of yourself like exercising or like eating you know a more natural diet or mm-hmm. you know all these really basic Sleep concepts enough. sleeping yeah what is that like, but all these really, yeah all these really water yeah <laughs> these these seemingly simple co- uh, concepts that end up being so hard to integrate into our lives and I, I totally agree. And it is um, something, and I don't like the term work-life balance, just like, because there's no balance. It's, I read recently, someone said work-life harmony. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's a little bit better. Like, do you feel in harmony with it, whether you're working more some days or you're, you know, getting a little bit more like personal life other days um, versus like this rigid idea of balance. It's like, that's ridiculous. It's like a ever moving target. How about work-life cooperation? Like, we'll yes. get along. Yeah. All right. We will get along. Yes. We might we not can drive on a road trip together every once in a while, once a year. Yes. We're yeah, because it's like weave together and they both can't feel, it can't feel so, like when you say cooperation, it's nice because it's like, yeah, it's not so rigid. Like, it's not like, ah, oh, like they're fighting each other. It's yeah. like, no, we're working I together. Of, I get a lot of satisfaction in my work. Yeah. And not mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
You're like, I'll take another shift, please. More shifts for Desi, less shifts for me. All right, if we could just get paid the same for her to do more and me to do less. <laughs> hey, we're both uh, brunette. I could pass for you. Since I could not work a day shift. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, I think you could. That's um, a lot of what I studied my last semester in school. I actually focused on compassion fatigue and secondary traumatic stress. Oh, my gosh. And that, that was awesome. Yeah, and I was like, so I actually listened to a couple of your podcasts a while back. You did? And, <gasps> Thank <yeah>. you. <laughs> um, I had a hot tip on your podcast, um, and I was really um, amazed to hear you speaking, and someone, I don't know if they sometimes I feel like you have more people, but um, yeah, do. there was yeah, a, do. okay, there's a story about like this um, older man patient who was not being able to speak English and oh, that was my story. You, Are you okay, sure? Yeah. And then or the was massage that was mine. Oh, and then someone that wasn't mine. <laughs> got the massage yes. and the crying. Yes, I was like, that's such a good example of that. Compassion fatigue is an occupational hazard for nurses, and so you ha- have to build in these things to help detach from those experiences, or they are kind of in your body, like you carried it around. Um, do you think that's so why isn't nurses like a luxury drink? to get a massage? It should be like mandatory for nurses to get massages, you know? So, um, I 100% agree. <laughs> I agree with right? you. There should be more. And only because it's like you're working with people under really high stress every day, all day. That's so, so. true. I mean, I feel like that's why nurses develop so many unhealthy coping mechanisms like excessive drinking, smoking, other, you know, mm-hmm. substances or Sarcasm. like, yeah, just Dark like humor. Yep. Not taking care yeah. of themselves, overeating, whatever. Under eating. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Abusing their spouse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, but I think the humor, like with nurses, that that's like such so key, like with social support, like you guys have each other's backs and you experience this very weird world kind of together. So that's really therapeutic in some ways to have that. Like you have this podcast together. Like it's like so nice. Like you're like, we get what we do. And so you have that support. It is very, it is very bonding. um, Yeah. Bonding and like cathartic and um, just shenanigans also. It's like a sigh, (laughs) a sigh of, it's so nice to talk to somebody who gets it. And And and, and to take it without like, Recently, I was at a family event and I made some crass jokes like I do with somebody who's a (laughs) a social worker. And so I thought she'd get it. And she was just like so offended. Um, You know, that was rough. But it was, you know, it's also good to have those moments because it puts, you know, your perspective in perspective. It gives you a minute to step outside of your experiences and be like, you know what? That actually sounded quite insensitive. My bad. Uh, um, I was going to say, like, maybe different different practitioners have different humor styles. Oh, yeah. So, oh, that's, a, that's an interesting dark. idea. Yeah. Did you say nurses are dark? Yeah. yeah. I know a couple nurses. They're very dark. Of humor, so. It's true. We're it sick. Mm-hmm. We're very, very sick. Yeah. The irony. <laughs> I think it balances what you do. And that's also in the idea of how to become resilient to compassion fatigue is that social support is really important for it. And really loving your job is so preventative against um, this sort of stress. So it's really nice. How do you feel about your job in that way? Like, do you get those, some of those same things like compassion fatigue and just feeling like stressed by things that you hear from your clients? See, that's what I always thought was interesting was um, I asked coaches, how do you feel when you're, you know, coaching? And it's like, uh, stress or this tension, blah, blah, blah. I feel very energized by my clients. I get really excited. All of it's like this big world of possibilities opens up to me. So I'm, I think I have just like a really high sense of satisfaction. I'm newer at it. So I'm like, woo, like everything's exciting. Like, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like, 
think I really like people and I really believe in them. So it's really fun. And I know that's not always how it is. I do hear heavy stuff, but I'm also coaching versus counseling. So we stay kind of in a different realm of mm, then, you know, really going down a path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like to make sure I really figured out, um, in some of my trainings, like you figure out how, what's the line between counseling and coaching. You know, when do you, when do you tell somebody, Oh, you need counseling, you know, like this is not my scope. Um, and I was excited to finally pinpoint it that I learned this was that when your anxiety or your depression or something like that gets in the way of you being able to even think about making your change or prepare for your change, then it's like, you need more support. So you can still have coaching, but you need that counselor support to get through those strong symptoms of like anxiety or depression or states. So. Yeah, that's a really um, good distinction, but I can imagine that, you know, even though you can say it in a definition when it comes to practice, it must be kind of hard to distinguish that. Um, Yeah, it is. It's hard because you have to kind of figure out like, oh, are they not, following through every week like you're trying to pick apart like like what's going on you know to see when is it you know you you bring in the reinforcement you know (laughs) like oh if you really want this goal we're gonna need more help you know yeah um yeah yeah it's interesting it is because that's been a um I know coaching and counseling can kind of feel like they're stepping on each other's toes sometimes so but there's a very clear distinction between um, the practice. Cause obviously I do not have the credentialing to deal with counseling. So I don't want to. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> no. Good call. <laughs> Beyond my scope of practice, let's move you on to the next person. That's one thing in nursing. <laughs> it's like a, uh, not a cop out. I mean, it's a real thing, but sometimes you know, especially on night shift when the doctor isn't there, we could be like, well, I'm waiting to hear back from the doctor to make this decision. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to have that dis- distinction between the two. And I can imagine with, between coaching and counseling, you know, when it, things get really deep, you can, you can clearly and confidently say, oh, this is going to need counseling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- yeah, it's an interesting profession that's really taking, um, really building and getting stronger and more clear. And I think um, the goal is to have us involved in people's health and working with other, you know, with doctors and nurses and, you know, different um, physician assistants so that we're a team with somebody, like right. really helping. Isn't that the goal? Like, it's so funny how uh, in healthcare, especially, it seems like, there's all these separate entities when, and and we all preach patient care and patient safety and patient satisfaction. Yet, what would yield all those is if we were more a more team based approach mm-hmm. and more integrated. But it seems like almost competitive between the two, or like separate. You know, it's frustrating. Yeah, how has that been for you, Elaine? Like, do you have interaction with other healthcare providers and what's their reaction to your input? I haven't worked directly with other healthcare providers. I have had a client who had um, multiple clients who had, you know, pretty serious illnesses that they were, like chronic illness that they were dealing with. So I made sure that that was, like, I'm not going to cross lines on knowing, you know, like asking much questions, but to know that they were very comfortable telling me like, this is my team. This is my health team. These are the people on my health team. So Mm -hmm. I had an idea of what was going on with them. So say they dramatically changed their diet or something. I could say like, Oh, is that something that, you know, you're this person said was okay to do because I know you had mentioned this condition and these medications, you know? So it's nice to know that we all, you know what I mean? So we can, to bring that up. So I, I do, I would like to work, um, with, that's a, you know, with another practitioner. I know there's a lot of, there's some clinics like that set up. So I think it would be interesting to start. I don't think it'd be super easy because I think you can probably, and I'm sure you deal with this feeling like you're stepping on toes of other people (laughs) and they might feel like you're stepping in. Sure. 
You know what would be awesome, though, if like when we discharged patients from the hospital, we didn't just discharge them to a physical therapy rehab and occupational therapy rehab. Or primary care doctor. Yeah, but also maybe a wellness coach so that they could, you know. That would be so cool. Address multiple issues, not just their primary health care issue, but like the underlying factors that led to this issue or things that are making them unhappy in their life in general. Or like a health educator, because I feel like so, so often, you know, we'll have doctors that are nephrologists and focused only on the kidneys and primary care that is supposed to be kind of a general overview of health, but so often it doesn't end up being like that. And the patient is kind of like lost amongst a sea of uh, different healthcare providers, you know? And so I think a wellness coach would be such a good resource to um, kind of give a, a broader sp- perspective of what the goal of their health is and then also like connect between, you know, behavioral practices and their phys- the physical results that the, the medical doctors are seeing. That's, yeah, that would be awesome. And I think about how you said that. It's like there's, the doctors have goals for the patient. It's like you need to do these things. These are what will make you healthy. But it's nice. They don't always want to do all of those things. And so then sometimes they won't do any of them. So working with a coach, we could say like, okay, the doctor wants you to quit smoking, lower the sodium in your diet, and start walking every day. Then I can say, what do you want to work on first? You know, yeah. like what's your priorities and get them motivated. So it's like, just because you can't quit smoking tomorrow, but Hey, you feel like going a walk around the block every day. Cool. Like, or you feel like, you know, looking up some new recipes, it's, we can get them going and help hold that, um, plan together. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the time it's like, especially when we discharge a patient, we give them these daunting educational lines like like you said like lower the sodium in your diet exercise more and it's like well what does that mean in daily life we don't give them the tools that you would have uh that you Mm -hmm. would have to give them you know um and I just think I read this book recently called the power of habit and I feel like it was so it put it into a digestible you know form and I feel like that's what you do you give um, clients or patients, whatever the terminology is, the tool, the like, the digestible education that they could have, and then actually have results rather than just lower the sodium in your diet or, you know, exercise more. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean to somebody that's sixty-five and has an amputated leg? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it just seems like a huge resource that I, I hope, I hope we're, I mean, it seems. With uh, at least with the Kaiser system, they're really integrating preventative health and wellness into their uh, scheme of care. But I, I wish that was a, a more broader, a more broad, I should say, uh, approach to health. Yeah. No, it sounds like in some ways we're, yeah, I think we're moving towards it. I feel like we are. I feel like coaches want to, so they're going to be like knocking down the doors and be like, hey, let me be part of this. <laughs> so, um, I, and then also the um, American Medical Association mm-hmm. how is, part, is like holding, there is an exam, a national exam now for health coaches oh, cool. to be certified. And that is, I, I don't know if it was help, like written with the AMA or there's something with the AMA involved. So there's doctors involved and coaches involved and all these different practitioners came together to really, um, I think, help give you know, doctors, so that you're not like, who's this wellness coach, you know, but it's like, if you have this certification, you know, you went through a certain education background, like you have some knowledge, Mm, we can work better together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that will hopefully help, um, yeah, start integrating it more because I do think it also helps like with the coaching, like you said, the bite-sized pieces, I don't even make it up for the the person they do like I'm like what do you think you can do you know like what is reasonable and then if there it's too easy like I'm gonna walk once a week I'm like "Ah, you know I think you could do a couple more days (laughs) (laughs) but if they're like I'm gonna walk really fast seven days a week I might say well you just had knee surgery so we're gonna see what makes sense you know like for whatever you're yeah so we help create better bite-sized goals for them um but yeah it's nice to have what do, they, what do you think they can do? Because then they can commit to it. They have a little more motivation and ownership. 
I feel like it totally makes sense, you know, that we would integrate a wellness coach into our healthcare team. I mean, we have spiritual care already. That's part of something, you know, part of the, the healthcare team that's recognized um, as something that's important to patients. So why not a wellness coach? Because for some people, like myself personally, I wouldn't necessarily want to see a chaplain or someone who is, you know, of a particular faith, but I might want someone who cares about what I individually think is important for me and what my life goals and, you know, what my what your definition of wellness yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And to be that, I feel like it could be very overwhelming. Like, I know it's overwhelming. I deal with, <laughs> I know firsthand because I have Hashimoto's. And it is very overwhelming to not know why you're sick for a long time and then to figure it out and then not, and then have to change so many aspects of your life because of it. And to have someone to go to, you know, to check in with and, and make sure you're on the right track that you're not, um, forgetting something or, mm-hmm. you know, like so it's, sometimes it's hard to know where to start. And so that's why it's really nice with coaching. As I, at least I feel that I felt that way with my clients. It's like, I feel like an anchor for them, like a weekly check-in so that they feel like, okay, I got this, you know, I'm scheduled out. I know what I'm doing. And that seems like relieves so much pressure. Well, and to have you as a sounding board, you know, because a lot of the times I feel like with anything that's overwhelming, we have thoughts of how to solve it or what's contributing to it, but they are fleeting. But to have you to verbalize that too and be able to be a sounding board for has so much value that is, is kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. No, that's really true. Cause it is that sounding board. Cause it's interesting to listen to people. And then the best coaching moments are like listening to somebody and they say some, and I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of observing what they're saying and I'm listening and I'm seeing patterns or whatever. So I'll, I'll say something like, oh, you said this or whatever. Um, it sounds like this. Wow, that's so amazing. It is that. I'm like, I know because you said it. Like, you just weren't listening to yourself. <laughs> I was listening to you. <laughs> so Isn't that so I didn't funny? say anything profound. Yeah. It's, it takes like a third party <laughs> observer to tell you things about your own self. It's so true. <laughs> because <laughs> we don't trust ourselves often you know like we're just saying like you said those fleeting thoughts like we're just saying whatever like oh it's like oh well this one came up like three times is that something you want to explore oh you know what so oh my I gosh. love those moments that's it's like so cool. my <laughs> husband for the past four or five nights probably three out of the past five nights he said something about his knee I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a knee thing but he keeps bringing it up every night as if it's a new thing and I'm like honey I think you should go get your knee checked out like do you think you oh. might have something with your knee I know that's probably not on the same scale as things and he's that like, people tell you. you know but what? It's like, I do have something wrong with my knee, I think. <laughs> the answer yes. was inside of you all along. You're like, you're like a Jedi master for these folks. You're like, I'm a medical intuitive. I think something's wrong with your knee. <laughs> Honey, I'm getting some weird waves from your knee. There's something hurting in there. Yes. <laughs> do you have <laughs> like a kind of like a bread and butter type of client, like you get, you know, 40% people that are looking for this type of, you know, counseling or no, or coaching. Um, I worked with students for so long, so it felt like this, it was, you know, generally that overwhelm and the time management and the, I want to eat better though. So it's like, oh, that's, that's always seemed interesting. Like mm-hmm. So students, like that's surprising because I typically think of students as being poor and, you know, this seems like a, um, something that you can, since insurance doesn't cover it, that's not as easily attainable. So that's surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, cause it was through the school, so they paid, but then they had, um, access to the wellness center and stuff. So I got to coach through, um, the actual school. That oh, that's was, cool. So that, yeah. So it was like something they prepaid for basically. So they didn't, you know, and then it's, they had access to different services. So I got to be a coach there that was, um, yeah, I'm really focusing on, um, like helpers. So like looking at helping, um, other people who either like, like nursing or medical people who are therapists. Cause I worked with a lot who were students. So that's what I'm branching into now. And, um, but also like, I think of, I worked as an admin for so long and we're like the helpers of the office world. And similar of like not always taking care of 
themselves, but taking care of their, you know, who they're supporting more. Mm -hmm. So just really focusing on that population. Um, Well, is there anything that you, any piece of advice that you would give to people in general as a wellness coach, like, uh, or any, any parting words that you want to give us? Yeah. To the nursing community. If you could, if you could uh, think of something that you feel it would be valuable for that, that group in particular. That coaching is great. So I hope people try it out, but also breathe. Like there's nothing with it. I'm saying to take a really actual deep breath and to check in with that breath and, you know, and it just resets you. And it's so, it could be a very simple way to reset between um, patients or paperwork or whatever, you know, to just, Stop for a second. And honestly, to breathe before you eat your food, because then your digestion will be so much better. Really? That would be key. Yeah, because you're, if you're panicked out because you've been running around here and there, you're in that fight or flight mode and your digestion is shut off. The minute you breathe and you take that really long exhale, you get back into um, parasympathetic mode. Ah, and I so didn't you're know that. Rela- mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so really do, I, I mean, I think about. Yeah, so I don't know how your break rooms are or anything like that or how you, how long you have for lunch, but it's like if you can sit down and take a couple of deep breaths before you start eating, it probably would be really helpful. Yeah. Wow. So a little bit, it's like kind of a little bit of meditation before you eat. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that people, you know, you, you know, like it was like people pray before they eat and stuff, but if you're not part of a practice like that you're like oh that's probably really smart to pause before you eat so that you can really enjoy your food and digest all of it that's a really good point that is i eat like a starved animal same i'm like okay i just barely made it outside in enough time to eat now i'm going to shovel all this food in my mouth so that i can make it back inside in time to clock in on time but we have i think we could yeah like a breath we have time for that we can do it Everyone. One, just one. And then my mom used to, my mom had a really short lunch period um, uh, when she worked and she switched to soup because she was like, I can't chew my food. Like I'm going to drink my lunch. So I, Extreme like, I coping mechanisms. <laughs> you know, soup. So she would eat soup for lunch. So I just thought that was funny. Like, okay. She's an efficient lady. All purees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you have those short, tense lunches, right? <laughs> but while your soup's microwaving, breathe. <laughs> yes. It's so helpful. So that would be my parting. That's, that's the key, breathing before you eat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, Elaine, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us for a bit. I hope you uh, were having a glass of wine too and kicking back and relaxing. We we love talking to you a bit. Or some kombucha. Or some kombucha. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love kombucha. Um, I had a great time. So thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed this and I did, I enjoy your podcast. So thank oh, you. Thank so you. It'd be really mm-hmm. nice to meet you in person sometime. You sound like such a positive person. Yes, definitely. I know I need to be there drinking wine with you guys next time. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks Thank. everyone for listening. You can email us at www.nurses at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just Google it. And Jen, uh, Elaine, sorry, Jen's coming in in a minute, but uh, <laughs> you want to give yourself a little plug? Yeah. How do people oh, find sure. you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at wellness as art with underscores, you know, wellness underscore as underscore art or online at wellness as art.com. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, check her out guys. We could all use a little wellness in our life. Have a good one. <laughs>